Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word, the one thing needful, is true. Amen. The episode described in today's gospel lesson from St. Luke was uh, very frightening to Mary. From her perspective, she uh, had lost her 12-year-old son away from home in the large strange, dangerous city of Jerusalem. She and her husband Joseph were frantic in their search for him, uh, while her imagination was no doubt running wild with fears about his safety and well-being. We can understand why she was not thinking clearly in these circumstances, and, and she was indeed not thinking clearly. What the angel had told her when Jesus was conceived and what the shepherds had reported to her concerning Uh, what the angel had told him when Jesus was born should have been remembered, should have kept her calm, should have kept her trusting the promises of God uh, for the protection of her son, and should have guided her to look for Jesus in the temple. Gabriel had told her, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And the shepherds had been told that the babe in Bethlehem was Christ the Lord, which in the Jewish context would have, been, would have meant Christ Yehovah. And so Mary should have realized, therefore, that her unique son, in a sense, had two homes. The obvious one in Nazareth with Joseph, and the one in Jerusalem, the temple, the house of his true and eternal father, God the Father Almighty. And yet Mary did not grasp St. Luke tells us that after three days of searching, uh, which that little detail right there is a, is a, a whole sermon for another day, that she and, her, she and Joseph did finally find Jesus at the temple, where they should have looked first. And Jesus said to her, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And Luke then adds this parenthetical comment. And they did not understand what he said to them. They did not understand. Mary did not understand. Let that sink in. She did not understand what was going on with respect to where Jesus was, what he had been doing there, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. She didn't understand what Jesus had said to her and the questions he asked her Uh, She didn't understand any of this, and in in her exasperation, she even lashed out at her 12-year-old son, whom she left behind. Son, why have you treated us this way? And yet, as we're told in in the text, his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. She didn't understand these things, but still she treasured them up, because she knew deep down that these things were important. She knew that even these, that through these events and through the words Jesus spoke to her, God was trying to teach her something about himself, about her, and about his will and plan for her and her salvation. If she would just keep thinking about them in faith, pondering them in humility, 
and prayerfully asking God to show her what they meant. Now, although Mary didn't get it, notice what she doesn't do. She doesn't react by saying, I don't get any of this, and so I'm just going to ignore it and forget about it. You know, many people in our enlightened and rational age have this kind of experience. And their immediate reaction when they come across something said by Jesus or an apostle or prophet that doesn't make sense to them at this point in their lives is to so often just dismiss what they've heard or read, set it aside as irrelevant, and move forward without thinking about it anymore. They do, as St. Paul instructed the Romans not to do, think more highly of themselves than they ought, and thus think less of God's Word. And this is a big mistake, because what this does is make faith, the faith, irrelevant to how I live my life, how I view my life, and how I view others. The Word of God becomes shaped by my life, my experience, my likes and dislikes, rather than me being shaped by God's Word. And the church, then, becomes not a gathering of people pondering the Word of God together, but a social club of like-minded people, a society of wheat and chaff. And consider this in your own life. How much of the Bible have you read? And why have you not read more? I, I know for me there have been times where, I, where I've started, even just recently, I've started reading the Bible, and then something didn't make sense, and so I, so I gave it up. But here's some encouragement for you. Don't give it up. And did you know that in all of Scripture, we are never commanded once to read it? Rather, we are commanded to meditate on it. As Psalm 119 says, we are to ponder it as Mary did. And so maybe those difficult parts are actually the place that we should start. In Romans, St. Paul encourages and instructs us that instead of conforming to the patterns of this world, the rut that we find ourselves in, where we shape ourselves by what we know and what we experience, we need to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. We are to test and approve what is the will of God, what is good, what is pleasing, and what is perfect. And to do that, we need to do as Mary and actually ponder the Scriptures. And so Scripture does actually command you to regard the preaching of His Word as sacred, as holy, and regularly hear and learn it, to ponder it. And not only that, but He attaches a promise that you will be blessed if you ponder His Word and you're not just going through the motions, but that you are hearing it, you're pondering, and you're making it a part of your life. You will be blessed. And the converse is also true. If you're not here, or if you're more often than not somewhere else, well, then what are you pondering? Well, obviously not God's Word. And what will that get you? Jesus promises, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Somehow most American Christians have the idea that this passage is talking about uh, asking Jesus into your heart or some nonsense like that. No, Jesus is talking to Christians who are already Christians about wisdom and understanding. Ask questions of God's Word. 
Seek the truth. Knock on the door of Scripture, and all things will be given to you. Mary, who kept her ears, mind, and heart open to God, eventually was given understanding. There might be things in the Bible that you don't understand or that don't make sense to you right now. There might even be things uh, that you think you disagree with because you don't know how to incorporate them into the way that you currently look at the world or at yourself. Jesus does say a lot of things that are hard to understand and difficult to take to heart. But the problem is not with Jesus' words or teaching. The problem is in us. When we think that we already know as much as we need to know or, or we, we know as much as we want to know. Maybe you don't understand as much as Jesus wants you to know. Maybe you don't understand him, what his claims on you include as deeply and fully as you should. And the problem is that we often bring our assumptions to the text, shaped in us again by the world and not by God. Wrestle with the text of sacred scripture. It is sacred. It is God's word. Read it. Read it again. Read it in context. Think about it. Think about it some more. Turn it over in your mind. And someday, the words of the text will change you. They will soften your heart. They will enlighten your mind. They will open your eyes. And they will fill your very soul. Maybe when God's law addresses you and identifies something that you are doing or planning to do as sin, and your first reaction may be to get your back up and justify yourself or dismiss it and deflect what God's law is pressing down on your conscience and try to walk away. But you can't walk away. Because you know deep down that when God is speaking, and God is speaking, and that you will eventually have to listen and repent. If God's law is demanding a change in your life, uh, your first reaction may be to try to find a way to persuade yourself that this doesn't really apply to you or that the guidance given here is just some old-fashioned uh, teachings uh, for faithfulness and vocation uh, in marriage or, or for the honoring of God in all things, uh, that they're just old-fashioned rules and don't apply to us anymore. But eventually, you will have to make the change. You can't ignore God forever, pretending that you don't understand them. You do understand. Or, on the other hand, maybe with respect to the gospel, maybe your conscience is weighed down with guilt and regret. And maybe you feel that God is still very far from you and greatly displeased with you because of your sin. So the gospel, which offers, actually offers us hope and comfort, is a thing that doesn't make sense. And it remains a mystery to you, hidden and unclear. Maybe you can't understand how God can apply the righteousness of his son Jesus to you to cover your unrighteousness. That doesn't make sense. And maybe you can't see how, how God's promise to remove transgressions as far as the east is from the west uh, uh, also would apply to you personally. You see your continuing weakness. God sees it too, doesn't he? But please listen to Jesus whenever he speaks his pardon and peace upon you and into you. Listen intently. 
Meditate upon the words you hear. Reflect them upon your heart. Ponder them in your heart. And so right now, right now, ponder these words that Jesus commands me to say to you. I forgive you all your sins in the name of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Ponder the words that you'll soon hear, that in bread and wine, his body and blood are given and shed for you for the remission of all your sins. Don't walk away from this sacrament, literally or figuratively, because you can't fully understand this mystery. Examine yourself and turn away from your sins and turn to Christ. Embrace him in his supper as he embraces you because what he says must be true. If what God says seems impossible, keep listening. Keep thinking and praying for faith and discernment. Treasure up his words and ponder them in your heart. That is, after all, a large part of what our catechism is for. And as we continue looking at the catechism this year, every Sunday, take it to heart. It's not always easy to be a Christian and to understand and believe everything that God's Word teaches. Sometimes it takes a while for the meaning of Jesus' words to come into focus for us or, or for the relevance of what Jesus says and does uh, to become clear to us. But that's okay. It was okay for Mary, and it's okay for you. Let yourself explore the words of Scripture, and this is God's promise to you that they will in turn explore you and work in you the faith you need to believe what those words declare is true. Let Mary's faith be your faith. She didn't understand the words he spoke to them, and yet she treasured up these things in her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.